Thank you, Rick and Nancy. Be turning to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12, we'll read the entire chapter, beginning in verse 1. While you're turning, I'll give you a report. Uh, several weeks ago, we were invited and asked to step up and be the sponsor of a uh, program that they were uh, endeavoring at the Emerson Schools called Proud Pirate, where at the home games, uh, T-shirts are given to uh, notable students uh, who are selected by the, I'm sure, the teachers and the administration. Uh, and the, the first home game where these were, were distributed was just about a week or so ago. And we actually got a nice thank you card in the mail from Reese Mitchell that was uh, thanking us for the shirt and it was an honor to receive the award. Uh, and I believe this program has been very well received and I appreciate our church for investing uh, in the programs that help our young people and believing enough in our young people to be involved in something like this and to support these kind of programs at the school. But just to let you know uh, that many of you stepped up uh, to the fact that, we're, that by the time the shirts were ordered, we had enough money in hand to pretty well take care of all of them. Uh, individuals stepped up and ponied up the money for this. And thank you for being that kind of church uh, to respond to these needs and to uh, support things that encourage folks and help people along the way. Isaiah chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you are angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, the Lord is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, Jehovah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted, sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for this song of praise. We thank you for thanksgiving. We thank you that our country will still pause and recognize the day set aside to officially give you thanks. We thank you, Father, that we have much to be thankful for, the blessings that you give to us. Help us to remember them. Remind us of your goodness and help us, Father, as we thank you for these things, to share these blessings with others and introduce them to your love and who you are through our thankfulness and praise to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. Now, if you've been following along the last month or two as we've been preaching through the book of Isaiah, this is a change of pace. Up till now, Isaiah's been proclaiming the direct and specific and pointed warnings of the sins of his country. And he has also issued forth unmistakable predictions of judgment to come. And it has not been a very pretty picture in the book of Isaiah. But now he makes a prediction of a prayer of thanksgiving. Right in the middle of all this turmoil and all this judgment to come, and all of this bad news, there is a pause, and there's a prayer of thanksgiving. How can this be reconciled with what he just has mentioned? First of all, we have the principle, along with judgment, God 
offers mercy. When it comes to judgment, judgment is demanded. It's unavoidable. God is holy. And a holy God cannot tolerate or overlook the sin of a sinful people. Now, some of these sins were sins of omission. There were things that they should have been doing they weren't doing. Some of them were sins of outright treason and rebellion. They were not living like they ought to live. There was violence and greed and covetousness and immorality, and these things were going on. And then in addition to that, there was outright treason where they actually turned and were following the gods of other nations. God cannot overlook this. God had to deal with this. And a holy God cannot tolerate the sins of humanity. And all of us are infected with that. So this psalm has a lot to do with us. And we have a vested interest in what he's talking about. So judgment is demanded. Judgment is coming. Because sin is prevalent. And God must judge sin. But mercy is offered. Even though sin is undeniable, God provides a way of redemption. This way of redemption, he did not owe to humankind. This way of redemption, he certainly wouldn't have owed the people of Israel who had received from his mouth the words of how they should live and the promises of what would be theirs. And they had, as a nation, agreed to these terms and then just simply forgot who they belonged to. And forgot whose name they were living under. The sin is undeniable. But God provides a way of redemption. Now the reality of both are captured in one verse of scripture. If you look in Isaiah chapter 1. Back up to the first part. From the very start. He issues forth the pointed message of sin and its judgment. And also the pointed message of mercy that's available. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel... You'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Though your sins be as scarlet, though they be red like crimson. You see, what wasn't said was, well, everybody makes mistakes and it's not all that bad. It's just a little white lie. It's just a little. He didn't say, well, it's not that big of a deal. He said, sin is a big deal and sin is a stain. And notice God is very well aware of the dynamics of laundry. Because what did he say? This is the stain of something red. Red things stain garments like nothing else. Ketchup, Kool-Aid, strawberry juice. And of course, if you have a nosebleed in your dress shirt, that doesn't come out easy. He says, your stains are the worst stains. He acknowledged this is bad. But then he says, though they be red like crimson, I'll make them white as snow. You see, he says, yes, yeah, sin's bad. And the stain's bad. And I'm not going to say it. It, it, is, it is bad. I'm not going to say it's good and somehow we can make this work out. 
But he says, I can wash those sins away. So we understand that along with judgment, God offers mercy. Secondly, this good news is meant to be shared. In this passage of scripture, in that day, you'll say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, he has done excellent thing. This is known in all the earth. Now, it is true that the Jewish people were chosen for a very special task. And that task is the Jewish nation was that nation through which the Messiah would come. But what God has said is this. This is not just for you and your nation. You need to declare this to all peoples. Now, the, the, the term can also mean nations. It didn't say to all people. It said to all peoples, which means to all people groups, whether it be nations, whether it be ethnic groups, whether it be any group that has some sort of identity, we need to reach all these people groups, all these nations with this good news that judgment, though it is harsh and undeniable, mercy is available and God offers salvation. Nobody is left out. Now, this was echoed later on in the New Testament when Jesus said, you go to all Nations. That's the same word. Nations, people groups, peoples. You go to everybody, every group, and to all the earth. Now Isaiah in the 40th chapter confirms that Israel is going to be that chosen mouthpiece of God to bring that message to the earth. If you'll turn to chapter 40 verse 9. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9. O Zion, you who bring good tidings. Get up to the high mountains. O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Did you catch that? Zion is bringing good tidings. Jerusalem is bringing good tidings. Now we put it down into uh, maybe a little bit more South Arkansas language, good news. Now we put it in New Testament language. You know what the word for gospel is? Good news. So it all ties in that the good news, the gospel is to be shared with all people. If we go a little bit further in the passage of scripture that we read, he, he kind of gives us a glimpse of what this good news is all about. In chapter 40, verse 10, Behold, the Lord comes with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work is before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He would gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. Did you get the picture? You get the picture? The good news is there's comfort 
for those who will turn to God. And he says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. Now, now who could he be talking about? Well, Jesus answered that question. In the book of John, chapter 10, he says, I'm the good shepherd of the sheep. So we know right here he's talking about Jesus Christ. He's talking about the gospel. And the comfort of the gospel is this. When we come to know the Lord, the strong arm that had the sword of judgment now becomes the strong arm that gently picks up the lamb. That's the gospel. That's the remedy for the sin and the judgment that's coming on mankind. Now we see it's altogether different picture through Jesus Christ. It gives us comfort. A little bit later on in this passage of scripture, it's a very familiar passage, but it's all tied in to this good news. In verse 28 of chapter 40, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and the young shall utterly fall. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the good tidings that he said Zion and Jerusalem would proclaim. This is the news that he says back in chapter 12. Let's be sure that everybody hears this news to all peoples. But the good news is all about a person. Verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1. And in that day, you will say, we, we got to search this out. In what day? In what day? So we know that this doesn't stand on its own. This is all very beautiful in and of itself. But in what day shall you say? Well, back up to chapter 11, verse 10. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, there'll be a root of Jesse. So it's talking about a day where a branch, quite literally, as we back up to chapter uh, verse 1 and 2, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and a fear of the Lord. It's talking about a branch or a shoot growing out of the root or the stump of Jesse, like a tree would come forth out of the stump of one that was cut down. He said, there's something new coming up. It's a branch called the root or the stem or the branch of Jesse. And this branch will be a banner over the people of Israel. It says, who shall be a banner to the people? Now to understand this, you have to know what were the banners all about. Well, way back even in the days of the Exodus, there was a banner for every tribe. 
And every tribe, as they would break camp, would look. They'd be high and lifted up, and they would see that banner. And they would identify, this is my group of people. That banner would provide direction as they went through the wilderness. The leaders of the tribe would have the banner. They would stick that banner up and they would follow that and they could see this is where my group needs to be. And this stem of Jesse is going to be a banner in that he is going to be the one that a group identifies with. And he's going to be the one that a group can find direction. But a banner is something that even in our own recent history we can identify with. When the people went into battle, in order to direct the people in battle and motivate them to be strong, they would lift up the banner. This is what you're fighting for. And even in our recent history, when men went into battles, there would always be the flag bearer. In the old Revolutionary War pictures, in the old Civil War pictures, you see the paintings depicted where the man has the flag, he has the colors, and he's leading the troops. And the, they knew where they would be because he would go where they should run. In the confusion of battle, sometimes you'd lose sight of exactly what's going on. You'd always look up and see the flag. Look up and see the flag, and you would take, first of all, motivation and courage that the battle was still on. And you would find strength and courage and bravery to carry on because that banner was still standing. And it says, this person, this stem or the root of Jesse... It's going to be the banner. He'll be the one that keeps us going when the battle's tough. He's the one who gives us direction when we don't know which way to go. And he's the one we can all look at despite any and all differences. We can say, I belong to that group of people. And I'll identify with them. And we have clear identification of who this is. All he says is this. This is a root of Jesse. This is a rod from the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of this root. And if you turn to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, there is unmistakable identification of who Isaiah was speaking of. You see, we understand the Bible by reading the Bible. And way over in the book of the Revelation, toward the very last page of the Bible, we have Isaiah chapter 11 explained in detail. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you of these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. You see, David was Jesse's son. And in the Christmas story, we are introduced to the fact that the lineage of Jesus as an offspring of Jesse was certified and documented. It says very clearly that Joseph was espoused to a young lady named Mary in the book of Luke. And it says he was of the house and lineage of David. 
And it says they went to Bethlehem to all the world and they went to Bethlehem to be taxed. Why? Because they were of the house of David. So it's documented, government records, written down, Jesus is of the lineage of David. He is the branch of Jesse, as mentioned in Isaiah. Clear identification. So we have a psalm of thanksgiving that refers back to the previous chapter that says this is all about the stem, the root, the branch of Jesse. And then we understand this root and branch of Jesse is Jesus Christ. And all this was documented where? In the Christmas story. So even back in the book of Isaiah, Thanksgiving is connected with Christmas time. And we thought it was an American thing. We thought that they had that harvest festival and we're the ones that put that Thanksgiving so close to Christmas. Because let me tell you this, there would be no reason to give thanks if there was no Jesus Christ to wipe away sin's penalty. And though our sins be as scarlet, they can be white as wool. And that gives us reason to praise God for everything else. Because none of this would matter if we were still under the judgment of sin. But every blessing, every joy, every gift that God gives us is so much sweeter because we know through Jesus Christ our eternity is secured And we are, like that little lamb, cuddled up in the arms of that shepherd who is the branch of Jesse, who is Jesus Christ. As we prepare for an invitational hymn, where are you? We're all either under the penalty of judgment or safe in the arms of Jesus through salvation and forgiveness through him. Where do we live today? If you need to settle this, please settle it today. Perhaps you're here, you say, you know, this time of the year, I want to just thank God for what's happening in my life and what hasn't happened this year. And you just want to take a little time to pray. This is a good time to do that. Maybe there's another decision you need to make concerning your spiritual life. You know it already. I don't have to go down the checklist. But this is just a time for us to confirm and talk to God. Thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift. Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Savior of the world, as we stand in sing.